You're listening to Center Stage, a celebration of musicals from both the stage and screen. I'm your host, Lila Miklosh. In studio with me are two of the members of the creative team of John and Jen, the musical. And I have in studio with me, Amber Mills, who's actress and producer with John and Jen. Hello, Amber. Hello. And I have Krista Colosimo, who is the director of John and Jen. Hi. Thank you, both of you, for uh, coming and visiting us live in studio. So, John and Jen, the musical, what can you tell me about it? Um, I'm going to go to the director first. For those who don't know this musical, what is it about? Um, well, this story is... Uh is about uh, two siblings. Um, uh, that's kind of the first half of the show, growing up in the 50s and 60s. Um, and then the second half of the show is actually between the sister and her son. So it's really about family and how relationships really um, kind of affect us throughout the rest of our lives. And how about if you were to tell somebody in a nutshell what the show is that you're a part of, how would you explain it to them? Hmm. Well, it's uh, a really sort of intimate two-person musical, which means that the two of us have a lot of time and space to grow inside both our brother-sister relationship and our mother-son relationship. Um, and the same actor plays both the brother and the son. So there's sort of like this a really effective mirroring mm. thing that goes on. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a re- it's a show that everybody can kind of relate to because everybody has... If you don't have a sibling, you probably have a parent or you probably are a parent. Uh, and a lot of the, the themes are universal, but the story is very specifically anchored in this time and place, which is kind of like a little capsule look into this sort of 60s, 70s, 80s America, changing times, war in Vietnam, all that stuff. Uh, talk to us about the composer of this show, um, because Andrew Lippa has uh, done other very well-known musicals, but this one not not as well-known. Mm-hmm. Well, I think probably Amber would would be able to speak <laughs> right. more more about that. To tell well, you the truth, yeah. I I'm a bit of a musical newbie. This is actually my first time directing a musical, um, so I've uh, my history is more in um, classical theater and um, and contemporary theater, uh, just spoken word. Yeah. So, uh, which is really appropriate for this show, I think, because I think what I know about Andrew Lippa's process writing it, he originally wrote it for friends of his, and it was just a one act. So the first the first half of the show, the brother and sister half, was what he originally kind of created for this this pair of friends that he had, and I think they performed it at like a cabaret or something. Um, and then they eventually decided that they felt it had more life to it, and they created this sort of second half. But he speaks about it when I've heard him interviewed as a play that's sung. So mm. it's very much, um, although the tunes are memorable and there's a lot of really good music in it, it's less of a here's a song and then a, a bit of a scene and then a song. It's much more interwoven and a lot of sort of recitative style, talking, singing bits that are mixed together. So I think it's a really cleverly written and insightful piece of theater, whether it's a musical or not. But it's a bonus that there's some beautiful songs in there as well. <laughs> So, Krista, I don't want to drop this thread here. So, you've never directed a musical before <laughs> until now? I have not directed a musical. I've I've been in a musical, although my skills are certainly not up there <laughs> as, as Amber's are. I have a huge respect for musical theater artists. artists. Like, you really, 
it, you really do have to be a triple threat to really kill it. And and to act a song is so hard. Um, so I, I just, yeah, mad mad respect for the musical theater artists. So, yes, this is my first So time. noting all your, your um, you know, lack of self-confidence in being a musical theater performer, <laughs> what made you say, yes, I should direct a musical? Well... Amber approached me with the project, and um, I was a little reserved, I think, at first. Um, but I think really Amber really kind of won me over, I think. It was talking to her and how passionate she was about the project. And then as we've been working together and um, working with uh, our other castmate, Dante, who is a very talented... We've had Dante on the show before. Yeah, artist, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, I have just fallen more and more in love, actually, with this piece and have been really moved by by the work that they're doing and, and by the story. Now, how did you two connect with each other? Oh, well, we have a friend, a dear friend of both of ours in common. So we've known each other for a long time. A very long time. Um, A very, like an old high school friend of Krista's is also a best friend of mine from university. So we had this person in common and knew each other and had kind of seen each other at various points in our lives. But Krista relocated to Hamilton two years ago-ish. And I had moved back from Toronto. Now it's been almost five years ago. So when she moved back to the city, we sort of reconnected and she became part of the the community that's here and then this project I naturally thought of her because I knew her work and and I also felt like it was really wonderful to have somebody who didn't have necessarily an only a musical theater background because we have such a skilled person leading the way musically Kate Boos is our music director Mm -hmm. and she's a wonderful addition to the team and she really takes care of us musically Um, so to have somebody whose approach is possibly a little fresher in terms of you know not knowing a lot of cliches about musical theater. You're approaching it as a script, and I think that's a really nice way to work with this material. So, Well, we're going to have more with both the producer, star, and director of John and Jen in just a bit. You're listening to Center Stage, a celebration of musicals from both the stage and screen. I'm your host, Lila McLoshan. In studio with me live are Krista Colosimo, who is the director of John and Jen, and Amber Mills, who's one of the actors and also the producer of John and Jen. Uh, I don't think I got into this particular piece of it, but how did you discover this musical? Well, uh, back when I was in university at Queens, I saw it. It was done by a couple of students there, and I didn't know it at the time. And I enjoyed it. I, I really, I got into the story, and I really appreciated the music. Um, but then it sort of came back into my life more recently. So in the last maybe five or so years, it kept cropping up. I, I performed a song for it for an audition. And then I went back and listened to the whole thing. And it was like this whole fresh set of eyes. And then the more I put it out in the world and talked to people about it, a lot of other people that I knew would say, oh, John and Jen, like that's a great show and no one ever does it. Um, and it just kind of kept cropping up for me. And it became this this thing that just sort of lived in my brain and in my heart for a long time hmm. before I finally started to say, you know what? 
I think I'm going to make it happen. So, yeah. So it's it's been sort of a long, a long journey of having it on the back burner. You know, as I do other things, I think, oh, that's one that I'd really love to do at some point. So now I've had Dante on my show a couple times yes. over the years. How did you and Dante connect? Well, so I sing with Tom Oliver, who is a well, there we go. in town okay, and yes. who knows everybody, yep. as you probably know. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure you know him, too. Well, she said that. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, when I the big puzzle piece for me, I knew I wanted Krista to direct. I knew I wanted Kate to music direct, but I didn't have a John. Uh, and I needed a really exceptional young, younger man who sang very well, but acted very well. Um, and that was kind of the thing that I was hesitating producing the show because I didn't I didn't have a John in mind. But of course, when I started singing with Tom, I said, just to put this out there, this is a project I kind of want to do in the next couple of years. Let me know if you know anybody. And of course, he had a list for me. <laughs> And uh, and I saw Dante perform, and he was one of the first ones on the list that I was like, oh yeah, I think this this kid's pretty special. I shouldn't call him a kid. This young man is pretty. It's special. all a matter of perspective. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then in meeting him, like he's just such a grounded, kind of an old soul, really, and a really talented uh, musician and actor. So it's been great. It's been such a nice treat to work with him. Now, uh, one of the songs you had mentioned to me uh, that's an uh, excellent song from the show is Think Big. So how about we give that a listen? Sure. Um, but can you set this particular song up for me? Who who feels most confident to set up this song for our listeners? Oh, you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is from the first half of the show where they're brother and sister. Uh, and I think at this point, John is about seven and Jen is, she's six years older, so she's 13-ish. Um, and they're playing school. They're up okay. in their attic hiding spot, and they start to play school and go through some American history for us, but some of the details are a little bit off. And they have some fun with that, uh, and then some, some other things happen along the way. Okay. Uh, from the original cast recording of John and Jen, here are Carolee, Carmelo, and James Ludwig with Think Big. You're listening to 101.5 The Hawk. I'm your host, Lila Miklosh. Good morning, Miss Tracy. Good morning, class. Now take your seat. Hey, I want to be the teacher. Excuse me, who's 13 years old? You are. And who's 7 years old? I am. Exactly. Now let's begin. Where were we? Great Americans. Yes, that's right. Okay, who can tell me who was George Washington? Let's see, we'll start with John... George Washington wanted to own a country, but he was poor, he was poor, so he sold cherry trees from his truck, and when he had enough money, he moved to the United States with his dog, Martha. But his friends from before were mad that he left, so they came to kill him. He ran to the river with the bad guys behind. And Through them with his dog, Martha. But the river closed and swallowed up the bad guys, so he moved to Valley Forgery with his dog, Martha. Where he invented money with his face on it, and everybody used it, so he got rich enough to buy the country and make himself president. But what did he say as he went on his way? You gotta think big, aim high, buy rent when you can buy. You gotta think big, stand. 
memorize that for tomorrow. How? Just pay attention and follow me. You gotta think big, aim high. Why walk when you can fly? You gotta think big, big, stand tall, and you can do anything at all. Now, I'd like for the class to tell me who they think is a great American living today. John. He's big and strong and never wrong. A man that I know. He works all day so we can play. A man that I know. When he talks, people listen. They're sure he's right. When he yells, mom comes running, day or night. He's only mad when I am bad. My very own dad's the one. Someday I'll be like he is to me. My very own son. You don't really want to be like Daddy, do you? Why not? He's a great American. No, he's not. Well, who do you want to be like? I'm gonna be like an eagle, wings as wide as an airplane. I'm gonna stand on a treetop. An eagle, but someday I'll fly. John, we're gonna make a deal right now. What kind of deal? A deal to protect each other and to stick by each other against everyone forever. Okay. Promise. I promise. Now, shake. We gotta think big, aim high. Why walk when you can fly? We gotta think big, stand, stand tall, and you can do, you can do, you can do anything at all. We're going to play another song from the John and Jen original cast recording. This one is from the second act when it's about the, um, the not mother and son, but like uh, aunt, aunt and son, mother. Aunt, uh, mother and son. Okay, mother and son of uh, John and Jen. And again, sung by Carolee Carmelo and James Ludwig. You're listening to 101.5 The Hawk. Oh, goody. It's time for baseball again. My favorite time of day. The only sounds you can hear are the crack of the bat, the pop of the glove, and one woman screaming like a maniac. John! 
Mom, are you going to be there today? I'm always there, honey. Oh. Well, just don't forget about the rules. How could I forget? Don't yell. What else? Don't tell you what to do. What else? Don't tell anyone that I'm your mom. Okay, I think I'm ready. Come on, Johnny Elbow Straight Mommy Knows Best! If I'm not in the game, she yells at the coach. He's a sensitive boy, you want him to quit. Then if they strike me out, she yells at the ump. He's a delicate boy, give him one more chance to hit. If I do go... She gives me a hug. Keep the back in the air. If I mess up. Stay still, don't twitch. She gives me a kiss. That was a ball, you son of a... Should any son have to put up with this? Okay, shake it off, baby. He's so fragile and small. Keep your eye on the ball. They throw it so fast. And now that's a good call. Swing is watching him swing and miss. Should any mom have to put up rules? And when I cheer for my son, it's just out of pride. But he wants to hide. So what can I do but just let it? To lose, she starts to lose it too. But everyone knows that yelling's for men. Oh, why can't my mom just leave me alone and sell hot dogs and cookies like the other moms do? If I'm not in the game, she yells at the creature. She's a sensitive boy. You want him to quit? Then if they strike me out, she yells at the ump. He's a delicate boy. The game hurries past. Give him one more chance to hit. If I do go, she gives me a hug. If I mess up, she gives me a kiss. is 1015 the hawk 1015 the hawk You're listening to Setter Stage a celebration of musicals from both the stage and screen. I'm in studio with both the director and star of John and Jen, Amber and Krista. Uh and we just listened to another song from uh the original cast recording. Um and that one's from the second act. Did you want to tell our listeners a little bit about that particular number? Sure. So now we are with the same Jen, but she's a bit older at this point and she has a son who she names John after her brother. So the same 
same actor plays both Johns. I carry on as Jen through the second half and keep aging. Um, and so in the second half, uh, she is now a mother of a young son and is working through some stuff, a lot of baggage she has about losing her brother when he was quite young. And um, she is a bit overprotective in her parenting style. And baseball is kind of one of those moments where she can't help but get super involved in what he's doing. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fun number and a really um, kind of nice slice of their life together and the trials and tribulations of poor, poor John's Upbringing. Upbringing. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, interesting that um, I, when I went to the Facebook page for John and Jen, it alluded that there was some tension with the father figure in in their life. Are, are we allowed to get into that or is that getting into spoiler territory to flesh that out? Oh, no? I, don't, I, think, I think it's okay to talk All right. with. So um, when Jen goes off to uni- university, she meets this fella, Jason, and, you know, it's right at the beginning of the Vietnam War and... And, you know, the whole flower child and flower power um, movement. And um, uh, Jen really kind of gets into the hippie movement uh, with this guy, Jason. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually, he, he... is a draft dodger. So they end up going to Canada for a period of time and they have, uh, their son, John. And, uh, you know, it's never actually explicitly said in the script, what happens between, uh, Jen and, and her husband, we have our, our Mm -hmm. thoughts about maybe what goes down, but, um, Jen decides to move back to the U S solo with, with their son. Right. And then there's the father, feature of John and Jen, the siblings, and they have a father who figures prominently in their life, too, um, and is kind of a complicated figure for both of them. For Jen, she really wants to move as far away from her father and his values as possible. Um, He treats them badly as kids, and she sort of never gets over that. Uh, Whereas when she leaves home, John sort of finds a connection with his father and, in fact, becomes more and more like him or looks up to him more and more, respects him more and more. And so that creates some tension between the two of them as siblings as well. So there's, yeah, there's some father figure stuff going on throughout the play. Now, the Vietnam War part of this story, um, was this something you had to do some research on, or or was this something you just had some innate knowledge about, just having soaked things up over the years about hearing stuff? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to speak to this, but I, I feel like... The story is so much more about their relationship than it is about all these little things that come into it. Um, so the Vietnam War features, and certainly in terms of looks and feel of the time, we've done some research for aesthetically, like how we want to sort of create that feeling. Um, and f- for ourselves, you know, um, just sort of read some things about that time and place. But I think as opposed to trying to literally recreate something or um, take something from a, a history book, we're, we're really just talking about the relationship and how those circumstances affect these two people. Mm. So I, I don't know if you would sort of say the same in terms of... Definitely. And and I think also, too, the writers were very explicit in, in the script as well to say this play is not about, um, you know... The war. The war or... or child abuse or 
it, right. it is about this relationship between uh, a brother and a sister and then a mother and a son. So so that we've really kind of taken a cue from the writers mm-hmm. in, in focusing on the relationships and, yeah, everything else is kind of circumstance. Now, what has your experience been like working with Krista as a director? It's been wonderful so far. <laughs> Good answer while you're both in the room together. <laughs> no, do you know what? It, I, I have to say that as an actor, I appreciate the process. And for me, although, of course, the presentation is a huge part of it, if the process isn't satisfying, if I don't feel like I'm in a room where I feel safe to fail, where I feel comfortable to try a bunch of different things that probably work and then don't work, um, that's really unsatisfying for me. I love the experience of being in a room where I can unpack a scene with other interesting people who also want to sort of dive deep into the, you know, why this is happening or what might be happening for these people. And I've been so satisfied so far by that process. I feel like Krista is really an actor's director because her a lot of her experience is as an actor so it's it's very nice to feel as though it can be collaborative we can all come to the table with ideas and yet i feel like there's a really firm hand guiding us in a sensitive way where she understands our perspective too and how about for you um i know we were talking earlier about this is your first time directing a musical but what is your your approach as a director or your style about how you like approaching material well, I think for me, um, you know, lots of directors, I, th- I think, ha- you know, especially with experience, uh, come to, I guess, their own technique or, or their own um, kind of formula to approach a piece of work. And, and for some people, it is very almost like theoretical as far as like, you know, they have certain rules and they mark out all the beats. And, and for me also, too, I think because I'm coming from a performance background as well as I've, you know, been moving into direction and produce production and producing. Um, for me, the work in the room is, is really important and to feel that sense of collaboration between the artists. So, and, you know, as, as an actor, the directing experiences I really loved were when I came into the room and, and felt like, I had a perspective. I didn't have just a director telling me, okay, stand there and then move there and then say it like this and then move over there. Um, you know, directors that really trust the people. Some, some give and take. Yes. Yep. Uh, really trust the people they're working with. And, you know, if we get stuck or hung up on on maybe where things are moving, or then, then it's my job to step in and say, okay, well, what if we try this? Or what if you thought about, you know, uh, this being the intention? So... So I, I like to really kind of work organically and and uh, collaboratively. Well, we're going to hear some more music from John and Jen in just a bit, but we're going to play another song, and then I'm going to have some more with both uh, Krista Colosimo and Amber Mills from John and Jen. That's going to be opening on June the 20th at the Players Guild at 80 Queen Street South in Hamilton. Tickets are $25 each, and this is being presented by the Hamilton Choir Project, and you can visit their website, hamiltonchoirproject.com, to find out more. You're listening to 101.5 The Hot.
to Center Stage, a celebration of musicals from both the stage and screen. I'm your host, Lila Miklosh. We have been enjoying talking with both Amber and Krista about John and Jen. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening on the show, you can always join the Center Stage with Lila Miklosh on 101.5 FM, The Hawk Facebook fan page, or you can follow me on Twitter at Lila Miklosh. That's at L-Y-L-A-M-I-K-L-O-S. Or on Instagram at the real underscore Lila Miklosh. And then you can find out who's going to be on the show, if we've got ticket giveaways, reviews, and more. So we have one more song from the original cast recording we're going to play. But I also wanted to give you a final word about the show and what you hope audiences will get out of it and uh, what your expectations and hopes are for this production. Well, I think for me, as somebody, I was, I'm from Hamilton, but then I left for a long time and came back. And I feel like there's a lot in this show that's about the idea of home and where you're from and what home means and can a person be a home for you. Uh, and there's a lot of resonance for me in that as I consider my own personal journey with, with this city. And I feel like right now we're in such an amazing place in Hamilton with all that's going on and, and the community that's here kind of rallying around grassroots arts things. And so my hope is just that it will land with people and that the work that we've done in the room and the, the joy and um, heart that we've found in this show can, can really land for our audiences as it has for us as we've worked on it. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, just kind of adding to the culture of the city is really great. Um, and independent companies that are producing independently mm-hmm. and, you know, going out on the limb and making art to make art. So, yeah. And I always get excited when theater companies go and stage musicals that the city of Hamilton's never seen before. You know, right. I don't need to see Oliver or Sound of Music or Annie again. <laughs> uh, but seeing something fresh and original and new that we haven't experienced before, that's always gets me excited. So Great. That's, that in and well, of itself is too. awesome. So. <laughs> and on, on that particular level, the musical itself, what is your hope for audiences that when they walk away from that experience? Yeah, I mean, I hope that for them, they find something they can connect to. You know, I think that there's this quote from this directing book I read in university that I I feel like I quote this all the time. And it talks about when something is universal, when something's too wide in scope, we don't identify with it. When we see a story that's really personal, everyone can find some meaning in it. And I I feel like that's true of this. It's a very specific time and place. It's a very specific set of relationships. But there's also, I think, something in it that everybody can walk away feeling connected to. Yeah, I think I think experiencing what it's like to be human, you know, is is really the the thing that we are working towards as artists is to showcase that the human experience and and how that brings us together in community. Well, thank you for coming together here in the studio at 101.5 The Hawk and talking about your show, John and Jen. And this last song is called Just Like You, and it's one of the big ballads from uh, Carolee Carmelo from the original cast recording. So, yes, this is the second half. So she is the mom to John, and uh, she goes to visit her brother's grave. Mm. Uh, so she's talking to her brother who has passed away.
All right. Thank you very much, both of you, and wishing you many broken legs with your show opening June 20th at the Players Guild. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. You can tune in next week to hear um, more from uh, Center Stage with Lila Miklos here on 101.5 The Hawk. Have a great rest of your weekend. And Hamiltonians, if you want to go see the Raptors game tonight, you can go to, formerly known as Cops Coliseum, the First Ontario Centre, to go watch the game live with your fellow Hamiltonians. Enjoy. Here is Just Like You.